This series gives you a direct line to the pinnacle traders. We're covering everything from when the odds are initially posted to looking at how the market might react. This is the opening line. Hello and welcome to the opening line. We're already past the quarter way mark of the regular season, but we're looking ahead to week five. The traders have posted the lines and as always, Adam Chernoff is here to help us work out where the market might move. Hello Adam. Hey Ben, looking forward to, we're past the quarter point more. It's uh, week five coming up, so we're, we're moving on. That's it, the countdown is on. We'll go straight on to our first game, and that's the LA Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. Now, the Rams are coming off the back of a, a shock loss to Tampa Bay. It doesn't seem to be much confidence in them. It opened up as a pick but the Seahawks are now minus one. The over-under is fairly stable at 49, and it's the handicap that the traders are expecting a lot of the action on this one. So, do you agree with that? Yeah, I think we're going to see some Seattle money come in pretty consistently as Rams issues, question marks... Potential problems continue to rise. The offensive line really a lot worse than we've seen in years past, but also this playbook becoming awfully predictable. Probably the worst game plan we've seen put together by Sean McVay. I'd argue even worse than the Super Bowl. Jared Goff, 77 pass dropbacks, which is pretty unbelievable to think of, even in 2019. So Seahawks starting to get healthy, starting to come together, play calling on early downs, starting to look a lot more like it should considering the personnel on this team so um, definitely money to come in on Seattle and I actually wouldn't be surprised to see this total continue to tick up as well um, should be money on both the home side and the over which is a rarity for a Thursday night football game so now we've got the Chicago Bears at the Oakland Raiders and the Bears are posted at minus five on the handicap and the over-under is already low at 41 and a half the early action suggests here that that could still drop quite a bit so how do you think the market will react to these numbers? So it's interesting. You you went to the London baseball game and you were caught on video outrunning the freeze, which has been made famous on Twitter. And with this game being in London, I have to assume that you're going and are going to participate in some halftime shenanigans as well. I'm trying to get myself a ticket. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um, I It's hard to say this out loud, but I think we're probably going to see Raiders money for the second week in a row. Um interesting if there's a way to sort of negate this Bears defensive pass rush it's to get the ball out of your quarterback's hand quickly and no quarterback does that in the league quicker with his head coach and Derek Carr and John Gruden so it'll be interesting to see the game plan the Raiders put together but this is really important to think about because it's neutral field pricing right so we're used to seeing some sort of home field priced into every single line we've seen in the first four weeks now we're into week five and we're looking at a game where the Bears are Pretty high favorites here when you're considering that they opened as a five-point favorite. But when you're pricing them on a neutral field, there's obviously no home field advantage priced in. So we're really looking at a true rating between the Bears and the Raiders. Five points, five and a half points, depending what sort of number you're looking at with five priced around plus 105, um, 2.05 in decimal odds. Um, so you're kind of looking at a couple different numbers here. That that's, seems like a large number for the Bears to be laying considering that this offense potentially without Trubisky, but nevertheless, um, 4.7 yards per play. That's not going to win you a lot of football games. So um, maybe we see some some Raiders money for the second week in a row, continue to back them. But we'll probably see um, some money just a little bit on this total as well, sitting below the key of 42. 
might see this come down just a hair. So we'll move straight on to the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Carolina Panthers. Now, this is a really interesting one that Carolina, they opened up at minus three and a half. And with no time at all, I mean, we're recording pretty soon after those games and it's already been bet to minus three. It's obviously on an important number and the, the traders don't seem to want to shift it. But the money is all for Jacksonville at the moment. And I mean, as you could expect, not much going on with the over under at the moment. It's a tough one to call with these opening lines. But how do you think things will move around later in the week? I can't. Well, I, personally, I wouldn't move it through the three just because I'm a lot bigger on Carolina than I am on Jacksonville in this spot. At three, we're basically looking at a pretty even power rating between both of these teams. I don't agree with that. I'm a lot lower on Gardner Minshew than I think a lot of people in the betting market are. Carolina has the ability to really keep everything from the passing game in front of them and underneath. They did a really good job of playing that defensive style against the Houston Texans, which are a much more dynamic offense in comparison to what the Jacksonville Jaguars have. If Carolina is able to do that and concede those short passes, that's what Jacksonville wants. They're going to be able to really tighten in on some of those throws and really keep this offense limited. What we started to see now is this secondary of Jacksonville begin to crack with Jalen Ramsey when it, whether he refused to play, whether he was benched, whether he was held out, we don't particularly know. But with that drama going on, really raises some questions with the secondary Carolina with Allen in a quarterback instead of Cam Newton allows the ability to get the ball into the hands of playmakers. We're seeing the second game in a row where four or five receivers made the box score with at least 35 receiving yards. McCaffrey, dynamic running and passing. Olsen emerging as well as a, as a more consistent threat. So now as this defense starts to come together for Carolina, this offense is too not sure they're getting the respect they deserve. Uh, at three, I think there's probably some interest from myself on Carolina. Should it go lower, which I don't anticipate it doing, um, definitely some interest from me. But I think it's the traders are in line to say they want to keep this one at three despite all of the interest on Jacksonville and the Minshew hype. So next up, we've got the Minnesota Vikings at the New York Giants. Now, the Giants obviously had a good win in week four, and the Vikings struggled, struggled a bit against the Bears. Minnesota are still the favourites in this one at minus five, but it seems that people are starting to buy into the Giants a bit. So the over-under at 45.5, apparently that number might is, is unlikely to move around too much. So more so to the handicap, what are your thoughts on these odds? Yeah, total makes sense. Stuck at sort of a key number of 45 as we're looking at a 24-21 scoreline. Um, even 24-20 brings that into play as well. So that makes sense from that perspective. I I'm curious to see how much Giants money comes in on this. Uh, they were somewhat disguised, I guess, against the Washington Redskins, a team that I didn't fare too well with on Sunday. Um, that just happened to be without their starting quarterback, who was banned halfway through the first quarter. Haskins came in to make his first ever start through three interceptions, but the secondary overall benefited from Terry McLaurin, a key playmaker on the Washington Redskins as a wide receiver, blowing his hamstring Thursday at practice and didn't suit up for that game on Sunday. So the Giants secondary, which is historically bad, we've talked about it last week on the podcast, um, defensive issues on the injury report for the Giants, all of that was disguised on Sunday. And I, I think the takeaway from that on top of what the Giants did on the bucket at the Buccaneers to win that game. Daniel Jones now 2-0, and hype starting to build. Vikings, an enormous step up. It's almost impossible uh, to not exaggerate in how big of a step up in defensive competition that the Giants will go from facing the Bucks and the Redskins with Daniel Jones now to facing Minnesota. Um, this has the potential to get ugly for Jones in the offense, which, even as it is, did not put up tremendous numbers 
against the Washington Redskins, despite being gifted field position repeatedly throughout the game. Um, so I think it's another decent spot to look against the Giants. I think initially this number comes down, and then I think rightfully so later in the week it gets bought back up in favor of the Vikings. And now we've got the New England Patriots at the Washington Redskins, and we've seen plenty of high handicaps mark, marks this season. This is another one, I guess, at 14.5 at the moment. We've seen early action that will suggest movement either way. Um, so this might be one that kind of takes money later in the week. How are you looking at this one? Do you think the Patriots could nudge that mark up? I think just from what we saw with Washington, the uncertainty with quarterback, there's a potential for three different quarterbacks to start in this game on Sunday. Regardless of who starts, there's turmoil within the locker room. How long Gruden's going to remain as the head coach is now up in question. His press conference following the loss against New York was really bizarre to listen to. He was snapping at reporters. He was saying some weird things. He left Haskins out to dry on Sunday. Now he faces the number one defense. Um, if McLaurin's not able to go, if there's still the offensive line injury issues for Washington that they have to deal with, I really don't know how they put together a game plan where they can successfully move the football. Um, as we saw with New England last week in a game that the traders really sort of pushed away with the Buffalo Bills and didn't necessarily um, want to move much lower than that original opening number, despite the New England support. Um, we're starting to see these numbers on New England or the Patriots as a team, rather, get priced to a price point that's fairly accurate. So now laying this big of a number, it's a lot different when you're laying this number against the Jets or the Dolphins, who are both two historically bad teams. I'm not sure Washington necessarily in that group yet. If we're just looking back four weeks to preseason, was certainly bearish on the Redskins overall, but this was pegged to be a six-win team. A pretty vast difference against the Dolphins, who were already adjusted one week after the season to a two-win team. So we're looking at a pretty significant swing here. Absolutely not advocating for backing the Redskins, but I think from a number perspective, this will probably linger between 14.5 and, and 16.5, and which there's not really too much of a difference between those numbers. Uh, but for it to get over... Uh, and into like the seven teams, I think that would be pretty extreme. But uh, the Patriots on these big numbers in the first two weeks certainly drew some attention from the market. So moving on to the Atlanta Falcons at the Houston Texans. And Houston, I mean, they continue to disappoint this season. The, the pinnacle traders have kept the faith against a poor Atlanta team and listed the Texans at minus five. The over-under is 49, but the thinking here is that potentially we might see money on Atlanta at plus five. So do you agree with the numbers we're seeing here? Well, it was interesting last week. We saw a pretty conceited effort to sell the Houston Texans early in the week. And then Saturday evening, there was really money that came in on Houston um, that obviously wasn't rewarded. So it was a case of two different moves with the Texans last week. Um, I tend to believe the earlier move. I got in on the early move as well, taking Carolina four and a half. So I was surprised to see that come back. Um, this week, if you also think back to last week as well, uh, money came in pretty heavily against the Atlanta Falcons. So both of these teams really not drawing a ton of attention from the market. Matching up in this specific case, it really comes down to if Houston can generate any pressure on Matt Ryan and this Atlanta Falcons offensive line, which now has a couple different injuries to add on to what was already a very beat-up unit. If the Texans can generate any sort of pressure uh, it becomes pretty problematic for Atlanta. And, and the same thing flips the other way. If the Falcons pass rush, which has performed a lot better than I think expectation is pricing it out to be, they can generate pressure on Watson. We saw what happens with the yards per play dips to 4.0 per attempt, like it did against the Carolina Panthers yesterday. 
Um, if that can happen again and Atlanta can generate some pressure, then that obviously tightens up this game a bit. But with the Falcons' injuries within the secondary, um, some coaching uncertainty, uh, I, I'm certainly not rushing the back of the Falcons, but I could see potentially the case where a little bit later in the week there is some interest to Atlanta if this hits five and a half or threatens six. So then we've got the Denver Broncos at the LA Chargers, and the Chargers pulled away in the end against Miami, but the Broncos lost out to the Jaguars. The Chargers are minus six and a half on this one, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of confidence in that number, and we might actually see it drop. Um, as for the over-under, we're on 44 at the moment, and that one looks pretty stable. So what are your thoughts here? Not a not a ton of opinion for myself on this one. I would say that the number initially appears a little bit high in favor of the Chargers. Some injuries starting to mount. The Broncos uh, on the losing side of two very close games against two pretty strong opponents, uh, two pretty strong defenses, where really the, the knock on this team has been their ability to move the football. But you look at the schedule of opposing defenses that they face, and it's awfully difficult. So... Uh, a bit of relief against the Chargers, who are banged up at safety, banged up on the defensive line as well. Um, the offensive line for the Chargers um, not nearly playing out as we anticipated preseason. So some opportunity for Denver to keep this competitive, not an enormous home field advantage priced into this number. So it, it doesn't take a lot of work to really extract this and see that we're looking at the Chargers Um pretty highly rated over the Denver Broncos in comparison, but you're going to get sort of a natural divide here when you're looking at one team that is winless on the season uh, and sort of struggling from the outside metrics, but dig a little deeper. Things look a little more promising for the Broncos than they probably appear. Um, just looking at sort of basic numbers on the outside, when you start reconstructing some of these box scores and really diving into just how they've ended up losing some of these games. So I can see a, a spot potentially opening up for where, the Broncos are becoming a bit of a buy-low opportunity, uh, and an ideal team to sort of buy them against would be the Chargers, which are probably exceeding their price point in this one um, to some extent, being priced about four and a half, five points better than the Broncos on a neutral field from a power rating perspective. So I, I could see where this can maybe come down to five and a half, five um, in favor of the Broncos. So we'll move on to Indianapolis Colts or the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs seem to struggle a bit against the Lions. Um, they're playing a Colts team that lost out to the Raiders. The Traders have made the choice to, to post the Chiefs at minus 10. Um, they've said this one, I mean, it could go up, it could go down. It's it's a tough one to call at the moment. We've got a, a high over-under at 57. Um, the market's already buying into that. Do you think minus 10 is justified? Do you, maybe it could be lower? Really is injury-dependent for the Colts. Uh Mac ended up going out in the fourth quarter, a key running back. Uh, I think the big emergence for me is just how bad this Chiefs run defense is. Uh, it's sort of been something we've become used to within the betting market that Kansas City can't stop the run. But this year, it, it's much worse than it has been in the last couple of years. And I think as numbers refresh today on a couple of key websites and we start getting grades and information about how they defended the Lions, we're going to see that they're probably the worst, if not in the bottom three, for every major metric running uh, as run defense will go across the board. So if Indianapolis is without their starting running back, that's obviously going to make a big issue. T.Y. Hilton was not able to go on Sunday. His status is going to be key for this game as well. Yeah, a super tough guy, so I would sort of expect him to be ready for this one if he missed last week. Um, but we'll see how that injury report shapes up few key guys missing on the Indianapolis defense as well, which really opens up things for Kansas City. Um, this offense, it's, the Lions did a good job of containing it, but 
even in that drive late in the game, Mahomes did not look like he was concerned one bit about moving the football down the field. So uh, I don't think the Colts, with all of their injuries, are going to pose much of an issue for him from a game planning perspective. So this big total makes a lot of sense. If Mack is ready to go, as is Hilton, we could see a very efficient offense in the Colts behind a very good offensive line continue to move the football and then Kansas City score with explosive plays against this Colts defense. It could be back and forth for 60 minutes, and this total might not look that large by the time the end of the game comes at the point spread of 10. Um, really, it's just injury dependent. If everyone's healthy for the Colts, uh, then we're kind of looking at a classic spot where we're likely to see a lot of recreational volume on the Kansas City Chiefs to the big number, and then a lot of influential money coming back on the Indianapolis Colts the other way. So not necessarily a bad situation to be in from a bookmaking perspective, but I think the number 10 might come down to 9.5, maybe see that one sort of consistently throughout the week, and then finally see it settle on Sunday. But as it is right now, uh, I think it's a pretty fair number from the side, but the total should continue to tick up a little bit. So as is the, the case with most of these episodes, and as we found out, given the nature we're, we're recording pretty early on, we're reacting to those numbers as soon as they go up. There's a few games that the traders haven't posted yet that we're, we're not able to cover off on the recording, but is there is there anything jumping out to you and the games that we haven't been able to discuss? To, to, to discuss that you want to cover off? Yeah, I can. I'll throw out a couple openers that I'm sort of anticipating. Baltimore and Pittsburgh is a game on Sunday uh, on the early slate. Probably going to see this one right around Baltimore, three and a half, four point favorites on the road at Pittsburgh. Might come down to a flat three, depending on what we see Monday Night Football. Uh, but that'll be an interesting spot with this Baltimore defense that continues to underperform. But really, the big thing is they're missing Jimmy Smith, and when they have to defend, uh, these teams that are now running with three and four wide receiver sets, it becomes very problematic from a depth um, issue that they're sort of struggling with. So that's interesting to see how the market's reacting to that. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the total comes out as as well, with the potential for there to be more points in the market. Would really be pricing an AFC North battle like that. I think a really interesting game, Arizona-Cincinnati. The Bengals took a ton of money in the opening week. That money followed up in week two, but since then, it's really been a full-out sell on the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they match up extremely well against the Cardinals, who are going through some offensive issues that are a bit difficult to explain considering their personnel. So I think we'll see that number probably hit the board sometime later on Monday with the Bengals right around the four, four-and-a-half-point favorite, um, and I would expect that to probably get bet up. Jets, Philadelphia, that's going to be an enormous number. Eagles might be as high as a two-touchdown favorite in that one, so that's going to be a really high point spread. Tampa Bay, New Orleans, going to be very interesting. Saints continue to win now back-to-back games without Drew Brees, despite being outgained in both of the games from a yards-per-play perspective, committing a ton of penalties as well. Tampa Bay off a very bizarre 55-point win. I say bizarre because not a lot of the numbers in the box score suggest that they necessarily should have scored 55 points so we could probably uh, see this one pretty drastically different from the look ahead in las vegas which had the saints right around six and a half point favorites i think we might see the traders go with like a five or even a four and a half in favor of the saints to sort of account for some of the perception and some of the extra money coming in tampa bay off that big offensive performance and i think the one really to watch for in the week buffalo tennessee might see the Titans open up as a really short favorite, less than a field goal. That Bills defense, very real, held the Patriots 3.7 yards per play. Not a lot of teams can do that, but it's the second time this year where the Bills didn't quite get the result overall, 
um, but dominated the box score. And if you remember back to the Jets, they did come back to win that game very late. And then they took a ton of money the following week. So the same situation where they probably should have deserved the win. Looking at the numbers against the Patriots and been able to pull out the upset. They took a lot of money last week. Would expect the same to happen against the Titans. So we'll see the Titans open a short favorite. Probably holds there for a little bit before there's some interest in the Buffalo Bills. There you go, Adam. That experience as a bookmaker coming in useful, I think, there. It still has, still has a little bit in me. Well, obviously, we'll be back a little bit later in the week and we can take a deeper dive into week five and preview all of these exciting matches. But appreciate the time again, Adam, and I'll, I'll speak to you soon. Talk to you on Wednesday. Remember that you can get all the latest odds for the upcoming games on pinnacle.com. See if you can get the early value. But always remember, please gamble responsibly. <laughs>